Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquis, Cell Presidente. You will pay homage to me for the next two hours as I guide you through this crazy world of sports. And I tell you what, it is a good weekend to be a sports fan, as especially a college football uh, fan, as we kick off the divisional championship games. Of course, a lot of this means really not a lot for our, our uh Final Four, what we think is going to happen with the Final Four. We're going to break that down with Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. But certainly one of the eyes that everybody's watching is the game here in Indianapolis this weekend, and that is the um, uh, Ohio State Buckeyes against the Wisconsin Badgers. Big implications, more of a – Bigger uh, loss uh, for Ohio State than a win uh, for uh, Wisconsin. So we're going to get into that and all of the college football games. Also, uh, Kent Sterling of the Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com, sorry, is going to join us. He's going to be talking about these Colts, where we're at, where we're going, and uh, talking some NFL insight as well. And what does the Colts have to do to make the playoffs? And Mo from the BS Sports Show joins us as well. My name is Tom Marcos, Al Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, 
travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. See the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Porklet, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance morning face you get is when you don't sleep well this is what happened to linda morning guys good morning ah, what is that thing it's me linda oh my god it talks Run! no it's me linda from hr it looks hungry save the children save them stay back i've got maze it's called beauty sleep for a reason and there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark Rossell, Presidente, 917-889-8516. As we kick off Divisional College Football Championship Weekend, Big Ten Championship here in Indianapolis, Ohio State Buckeyes against the Wisconsin Badgers. A lot of games on tap going on. We're going to be talking in the, in the next half hour in more detail about these games and the implications of them and what they might mean for uh, various bowl games and the Final Four Championship. Really the only one that that would matter with is Ohio State Buckeyes. But also among us as well is the uh, IndyCar funny season and 
Of course, Notre Dame football, Notre Dame basketball. Matthew Embry from WSVT up in South Bend. Uh, give us an update on the IndyCar season. Matthew, what say you? Well, Tom, the question I think on everyone's mind, looking ahead as far as silly season at this point, involves Fernando Alonso. Uh, according to Racer Magazine, Fernando has said it is his goal to be back for the 2020 Indianapolis 500. And he's mentioned two teams that he would like to be with. One would be McLaren and one would be Andretti Autosport. Now, of course, Andretti Autosport runs Honda engines, so hopefully that is a sign that Alonzo and Honda have reconciled. Of course, there was a very angry Alonzo about the performance of the Honda power systems in Formula One, and that led to a falling out between him and Honda. That led to the Chevrolet deal with McLaren, and possibly the situation where he failed to qualify Of course, McLaren would be a chance for redemption, and it would be interesting, though, because it would be almost a similar situation to what he had in Carlin with the relative inexperience with the teammates there. So, very curious situation, but uh, it'll be very uh, interesting to see how this Alonzo thing plays out. I expect him that he will have a ride somewhere, but ultimately the question will be whether he will make the field or not coming up in May after what unfortunately happened a year ago. Now, nothing new on the James Hinchcliffe front. Uh, People are continuing to say that he is the man they want for the Dale Coyne seat that's opened up uh, with Sebastian Bourdais leaving that team or being released. Uh, I think information says that uh, Sergio Sete Ramos, though, the F2 driver and McLaren F1 test driver is likely to get that seat. And then uh, I'll be interested also to see another name that's come up, Colin Brown. Uh, he has accepted a deal to drive for Dragon Speed at the Daytona 24 Hours and the 12 Hours of Sebring. Of course, they have an IndyCar team with Ben Hanley. Would they provide an extra car for Brown? Brown has made interest in the past about wanting to try his luck in IndyCar. Maybe this gives him a chance to do that. And, uh, of course, we'll keep an eye on everything for you. And, uh be very curious to see what happens in the future for Notre Dame. Uh, the rumor is uh, Camping World Bowl is where they likely will head. Probably not going to be high enough in the rankings to get into a New Year's Six, which means a Big 12 opponent in the Camping World Bowl in Orlando on December the 28th. Probably looking at maybe a Texas a team that's going through transition, possibly new coordinators being brought in, or an Oklahoma State. Mike Gandy's wide-open offense, one possibility. But uh, we will find out on Sunday. But... Uh, I think you look at those two opponents, if Notre Dame has made strides forward, which it seems like they have since the Michigan loss, I think they are capable of beating either of those teams or whoever they are drawn against uh, in the Camping World Bowl. But as always, we will keep you posted. I'm Matt Embry, IndyCar expert and Notre Dame expert for blogtalkradios.com and The Balance. All right, Matthew, thank you for uh, keeping us up to date and in the speed, if you will, uh, uh, or up to speed, if you will, no pun intended. Uh, big news going on there with uh, Fernando Alonso, so we'll certainly uh, see how that uh, all that plays out. Thank you, Matthew, for uh, giving us that update. Well, like I said, college football weekend is here. Bowl selection is on Sunday. We're going to spend a lot of time today breaking down uh, the games from of the weekend and what's going on in, in the uh, college football world. Uh, like I said, one of the biggest uh, games going on is right here in Indianapolis with the Wisconsin Badgers and the Ohio State Buckeyes. So if my voice can make it through, 
<laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, so what we've got on tap, some of the games we'll break down here in just a little bit here is uh, number two LSU versus number four Georgia. Now that's a big, big uh, game as far as implications go for the playoffs go. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk to me about playoffs. Which, by the way, we're going to – I digress. I get in the weeds there. We're going to be talking with Kent Sterling about the playoff hopes of the Indianapolis Colts from KentSterling.com. Uh, also on tap, we've got, like I mentioned, we got the Big uh, Big Ten, number one Ohio State against number eight Wisconsin. That's at 8 o'clock uh, tonight. Also, uh, Big 12 at number six Oklahoma against number seven Baylor. That's today at noon on ABC. Number three Clemson against number 23 Virginia. Uh, and that's uh, – 7.30 tonight on ABC, and that's the ACC uh, championship. Uh, so over in the American division, you've got number 20, Cincinnati versus number 17, Memphis. That's at 3.30 on ABC. So a lot of games going on. My name is Tom Marcus, the president. Take a, take a break. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your move. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming. 
GEICO makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on GEICO.com or the GEICO mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. morning face you get is when you don't sleep well this is what happened to linda morning guys good morning ah, what is that thing it's me linda oh my god it talks Run! no it's me linda from hr it looks hungry save the children save them stay back i've got me it's called beauty sleep for a reason and there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. I, got, I, got. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barber shark quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Appreciate you uh, bearing with me. It is college football weekend, and I tell you, it is the uh, uh, the uh, culmination, if you will, the the coming together week week fifteen of the twenty nineteen college football season is reserved for champions, or well, at least those that might try to become one. The week fifteen slate of games is thinner than usual, 
but it does feature 10 uh, conference championships games, uh, five from the Power Five and five from the Group of Five. And so, and we're going to be in a few minutes really getting into these in more details with Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast. Make sure you follow his podcast and his uh, uh, video blog as well. Uh, well worth your time, especially if you're a, a sports fan. Follow us also on Twitter at T Balance. And if you're on the Book of Faces, just search the balance there. And if you're listening to the podcast here on on uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn, uh, just make sure you hit subscribe and, and hit one of those stars. Give us four stars. We'd greatly appreciate it. But today's games, include, or this weekend, we should say, uh, includes uh, games of great interest of the college football playoff uh, uh, selection committee, especially, as I mentioned earlier, uh, number, uh, number one LSU versus number four Georgia in Atlanta. Uh, last night, we saw Utah fall uh, to uh, number 13, Oregon, in Santa Clara. And uh, also, we've got uh, uh, number six, Baylor, versus number eight, Oklahoma, in Arlington. Other games to watch to include the matchup between uh, uh, Ohio State and uh, Wisconsin. We've talked about them a couple times today. They're here in Indianapolis in the Big Ten Championship. Always good to have the Big Ten uh, group here in Indianapolis as we're located here in the west suburbs high atop the Balance Radio Studios. Uh, so you've got that game also. We've got number three, Clemson. Versus and number 22, Virginia, as well as uh, the rank group of five between number 16, Memphis, and number 19, Cincinnati. So, of course, we had some games yesterday, uh, and like I said, Utah falling to uh, Oregon. So, with, with that, with Utah going down last night, the winner of the Big 12 game is almost assuredly going to take the number four seed. So we, we pretty much got that uh, narrowed down and we'll, we got some uh, more of the stuff to talk about with Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast here coming up here in a few minutes. So we don't want to, we don't want to take all the thunder uh, uh, that we're, that we're talking about uh, today, but uh, really everything you need to know is, uh, is this, <laughs> they're either playing. There's only really what we would consider a couple games that are playing for the final four seed. And I would say that's Ohio state. And I would say uh, again, that's uh, the Pac-12 as we just mentioned. And that's uh, we just and I just still don't know that. Uh, I, I think that, that Ohio State's safe, even if they do lose to Wisconsin, uh, based on strength of schedule and record. Uh, but we don't know, so certainly that's one of them that that uh, we're going to be watching. So some of the man, my throat is killing me, guys, dying over here. <clears throat> I sound like a a grumpy old man. Hey, wait a minute. I am a grumpy old man. Get off my lawn. I digress. But uh, we got Louisiana at uh, number 20, Appalachian State on ESPN today. We got Miami of Ohio versus Central Michigan. UAB, uh, UAB at Florida Atlantic. Number 19, Cincinnati, and number 16, Memphis. Number one, LSU versus number four, Georgia. Hawaii at Boise State. Now, if you're Hawaii, you're like, hey, let's we'll host you. Come on, come on over here. And if I'm Boise State, say, hey, I'll take you up on that. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think if you're from Hawaii, you want to go to 
over to Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. You know, you can catch it on all your streams and, and uh, you know, if we get Hulu Live or whatever. But uh, certainly take some time to watch some college football uh, this weekend, college football weekend, as it will be, as it will happen. And, and while you're doing it, just say, hey, you know, I, w- I want to make sure that I'm following uh, the balance on Twitter. Go to at T-Balance. And on Facebook, search The Balance. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL this weekend. We're going to be talking with Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com about the Colts. And as we see, Adam Vinatieri is out this weekend against Tampa Bay. Um, Air quote, he's on the injured list. He's, He's out. Do I think he's injured? Maybe, but maybe there's something behind the scenes where they're putting him on the injured list because we, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate because certainly Adam Vinatieri uh, is a first round Hall of Famer. And I don't know when the last time we ever had a first round Hall of Fame kicker. And that's certainly going to be the case with, with Adam Vinatieri. And uh, they brought him. A, a a kicker off the waivers, so I think they kind of knew that that was going to happen, and he's just been struggling this year, and we started seeing signs of it toward the end of it last year. So we're going to get into that, and but there again, long term with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, I, you you think that the Colts are all in with Jacoby Brissett, but uh, you know there's some there's some issues there that that might come back to haunt him. And we'll we'll see what happens. We're going to be talking with uh, Kent Sterling of the Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com about the Colts and you know who do they who do they need help from to to do it. And and here's the thing, honestly, Jacksonville and Texans and it, it just looking like it's going to shape up for a second year in a row for the Houston Texans to win the AFC South. Um, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and our official NFL contributor, because of the Eagles' schedule this week, is not going to be able to join us. But we are going to get into some NFL talk uh, as well later on in the show. 917-889-8516 is our digits. And here in just a few moments, we're going to have Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast on. I'm going to be breaking down some of these college football games. What are their implications? Uh, what do they mean in the, as far as the, the bowl games? Where, where, where does IU end up at? Well, we're gonna know tomorrow, so we'll see where where IU ends up at, in a bowl game as well. But uh, where Notre Dame ends up at, maybe where your team ends up at. So we're, we'll be talking about all of all of that. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. We're gonna step away and we'll get back. We're gonna be talking with Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast right here on the Balance Radio Network.
morning face you get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got it's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barber shark quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103. Or visit online at GoANG.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive-through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything.
Mark's Balanced. My name is Sal Marquez El Presidente. We are standing by for Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Uh, we're efforting to, as we say in the business, we are efforting to uh, uh, try to, to get a hold of him and, and uh, see what, what's going on with him. So, you know, a lot to talk about in the college uh, football world. So I was kind of standing by to see if we can get him on. Uh, but here, here's the thing. We talked about the Utah uh, loss, and, and here's what we would have thought if Utah would have won, which I think uh, that's what everybody thought was going to happen, and uh, if they win, they're in. That's just the way it was going to happen. But, uh, of course, now unless Georgia wins, and although we don't really see that happening, but you never know. Hey, it's college football. It's college football divisional uh, weekend. Oklahoma uh, – Will obviously probably be Baylor again. However, uh, I don't think it'll be enough to, to derail. Again, we're, we were assuming this is what we were talking about before the uh, loss to uh, uh, Oregon. Huge uh, loss to Oregon, and what does that mean in in the Pac-12? Again, we're standing by for Tony Donahue, so we'll try to get back into that. But so. <laughs> Man, if you're Jason Garrett, I, you can't even sit down. Your seat is so freaking hot, and and now you've got you've got your boy, your owner, who's uh, not necessarily backing you. So I think that it's all but certain that uh, um, Jason Garrett will be gone uh, as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and that's been a a, a coach that. Um, Oh, J.J., the owner of the Cowboys, has stood behind. And, you know, this week we saw – man, I tell you what, I am dying with this throat today. Dying. <laughs> so, basically, uh, Jerry Jones gets cut off and gets – basically dropped from a uh, radio show that he was getting pretty heated. And, well, you can't curse on the radio, not in, in regular radio. You can in in satellite radio and streaming radio and that sort of stuff. You can't on podcasts, but you can't on on radio. And so he gets, he gets uh, knocked off the air, if you will. Uh, get your damn act together. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones gets heated. Curses during radio show interview. I don't have the sound out on that, but that's kind of uh, what the tweet was saying. So and it's unfortunate that Ed's not going to be on because he could probably uh, talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, they they'd probably get a get a kick out of uh, with old Jerry Jones. Uh, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones got testy and foul mouth during a. Uh, radio show interview following the team's loss to the Chicago Bears on Thursday night. Um, Jones is still upset with the Cowboys losing their third straight game called uh, into the radio station 105.3, the fan in Dallas on Friday. When asked if he was embarrassed by the loss, uh, Jones went off, get your damn act together yourself. Okay. Settle down just a little bit. Jones said, I don't like your attitude to come in. Uh, I've been traveling all night long, and I have not 
And I don't have the patience to jack with you today. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think that I think the the writing is on the wall. Again, we're standing by, still trying to get uh, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast to join us. Um, I know he's got a lot going on too, so um, we're efforting to, to try to uh, reach him. Other coaches, they, uh, talking about coaches, is on the uh, on the hot seat. We've we, we've talked about this till we were, were blue in the face um, all year long with Adam Jividen and Mo and and Ed and others that have come on the show. That uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens is is right there, right there in the line of fire to get fired. He's going to be a one and done. I think a lot of people think that. I I don't think he was ready to take the head coach position of the uh, Cleveland Browns. And it's just been an embarrassment. I mean, you know, everything from the Miles Garrett issue with the Pittsburgh Steelers t-shirt, just, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns coach may not be a major trouble, but there's no sure thing that he'll, uh, that he won't be the one and done. And I think that's, you know, exactly what uh, we think will happen. And he's on the hot list. Um, and it, may and I was just trying to think off the top of my head who else might be on the hot seat. You know, we've got Black Monday coming up here in a well, it's a few more, it's a month or so away, but uh, certainly that's when all the coaches get fired. <laughs> and you know, December football is when that that it starts to become clear and the. Uh, Black Monday is probably a month away, what, four weeks away? We'll look at it like that. It's college football championship weekend. A lot of games going on, a lot of things going on, see what what happens. Um, going back to just looking at the coaches on the hot seat, Jason Garrett, as we talked about, Freddie Kitchens, Anthony Lynn, uh, or Chicago's Matt Nagy. Those are coaches that come to mind that will be on the hot seat. Where will they be at? Where will they go? Uh, who will who will fill those seats? Who will be uh, who will be leaving uh, other jobs that, that you think uh, would be an opportunity? There'll be some college coaches getting fired too. We're going to see that get worked up this weekend. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six. Trying to effort to get a hold of Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast. Not sure if that's going to happen, but I do know uh, coming up at ten o'clock. Because uh, I know you guys are just t- tired of hearing me talk, aren't you? But coming up here at ten o'clock is uh, Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com going to talk with us about the Indianapolis Coats and you know, the position that they found themselves in and then in an embarrassing loss to Tennessee last weekend, uh, I was at that game and I just, you know, one thing after another, and it's one thing to get beat by a good team. It's another thing to beat yourself against a divisional uh, rival opponent. And, and one that, that you've beaten before and one that you have a good history of beating and winning 
I mean, we have the had the upper hand as far as the record goes uh, with uh, the, the the record between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts, and they let it slip away. And so, you know, here we are. Here we are. And uh, so we're going to be talking with Kent Sterling uh, about that and about what's going on with that. And, of course, um, we'll get we'll get into some conversations about the Eagles. Uh, uh, of course, Ed Kraft is going to be able to join us uh, because of the Eagles schedule. But the Eagles have the Giants um, in at New York on Monday night. And uh, we saw uh, old Mr. Manning. Uh, it looks like he's going to be suited up for the start. Uh, he's, maybe is he going to make a violently return uh, to the starting position? Highly unlikely, but that's okay. You know, uh, uh, the, the Mannings are a class act. They really are, as we know Peyton very well from here in Indianapolis. Uh, but uh, And then, of course, their dad, Archie, and uh, the brother that, that's uh, – never played because of an injury that he had, but was, is very active in uh, sports broadcasting and, and that sort of stuff. But, but uh, Eli Manning going to get the start there as well. So talk, talk a little bit about some coaching uh, stuff that's going on just across the world of sports. The Knicks fire David Fitzdale as head coach after a four and 18 start, we saw that one coming, didn't we? Uh, and you know what? We're going to get into some more uh, NBA talk in the cup, cu- coming weeks. It's just kind of hard to uh, fit everything in, in a two hour period. You know, we should go to, we should go to four hours, <laughs> man. That would be an undertaking, wouldn't it? Woo. Fall sure. Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six is our digits. Thank you, Matthew, earlier uh, for giving us an update on, on Fernando Alonso. Uh, you know that's some pretty big news, so we'll see what happens there. You know, uh, Rick Riggin couldn't join us today either, our official college football contributor, but he's a Lions fan, and you know, you you, you got to think that the bearded man with a pencil, Matt Patricia is nearing the end of his rope there with the, with the Detroit uh, Lions. The end is near. Dan Quinn is another coach who seems to be sitting on an extremely warm seat. Many people around the league expect the Falcons' ownership to fire Quinn at the bye, but it never happened. The Falcons showed a little life, uh, but they are 3-9, and nine, and the Falcons haven't been the same since uh, blowing the Super Bowl almost three years ago to the New England uh, Patriots. Uh, Quinn is likely – in his final days there in Atlanta. But we know one coach that isn't going anywhere, and it is going to a bowl game. We just don't know uh, which bowl game. And that's uh, – we'll talk to Kent Stern a little bit about uh, IU, IU basketball. And uh, I know he's a big IU guy as well. And uh, IU football in the possible bowl games as well. But, uh, y- you know, what a great win for uh, IU getting the, the uh, old Oaken bucket back, beating Purdue, going, getting, having eight wins for the first time since 1993, Indiana University, and Tom Allen. And, you know, a lot of people went a couple of years ago when Tom Allen was hired, they were like, ah, 
I'm not too excited about that. Well, I think he's proven a lot of people wrong. I think he's proven a lot of naysayers uh, wrong, and he gets a contract extension. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But I'm really happy for him, and we're excited to see where he goes. Uh, to find out on Sunday where he goes to the um, uh, where he goes to the uh, where they go to the bowl game. So we'll see what happens there. Nine one seven eight nine eight five one six is our digits. Also, speaking of uh, uh, coaching extensions, Penn State extends, uh, gives a, a six-year extension to James Franklin, which very well deserved. I think Penn State has has proven that they have turned their football program around. <clears throat> so Antonio Brown uh, feels like, well, maybe he, he went too far. Uh, maybe he, he hawked off too many people. Uh, but uh, he's, he, he's, he wrote an apology uh, for his inexcusable behavior. You think? You think, A.B.? We could we give you a list of things to add to that apology list. I don't know that it's enough, but my God, and I don't think it's enough. I think he's, he, he's burned enough bridges that uh, I don't think he's coming back. Could be wrong. There might be a team that will take a chance on him. So we'll see. Uh, over in the MLB, speaking of apologies, Blake uh, Blake Snell apologizes uh, for his reaction to the Tommy Fan trade. Uh, some of you guys may have seen that on social media. That was not pretty. That was not pretty at all. So also, uh, here's something that we'll be monitoring, and, and uh, I've been listening to Clay Travis talk about as well, and that's uh, Lane Kiffin. Uh, it looks like he's going to be signing a deal as the head coach with Old Miss, and that'll be an interesting, that'll be an interesting um, matchup. I think that Lane Kiffin is a good coach for that position. So we'll see what happens. Steve Curry also uh, getting surgery on his broken hand. So coming up, we're going to be talking to uh, Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com. We're going to be talking with him. Uh, but joining us now is uh, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Tony, how are you, sir? Hey, good, man. I got a couple minutes for you. Sorry about that. Oh, it's no problem, man. I was uh, trying to publicly shame you, but uh, you, you saved yourself. You redeemed yourself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I know you're. I know you're totally busy. Thanks for joining us. Hey, let's let's get into these games. Uh, uh, obviously, big uh, win uh, uh, for Oregon against Utah. I mean, one would think now that we we know that it's going to be from, from the Pac-12 to get that final seat uh, in in the playoffs. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the the Pac-12 is uh, kind of. You know, you weren't surprised last night that Utah lost. That was a big moment they'd really never been in. And it was kind of surprising last week, I thought, at least to myself, when a lot of the experts were picking them to be in. They were picking them to represent the Pac-12 in as, as the number four team. Um, now, they probably would have been blown out to Ohio State anyway. Uh, we obviously know that that's not going to be the case. Uh, but, yeah, I am. Um, I was really interested to see how Utah's defense was going to perform. And, you know, by the time you look down at your phone or if you're watching it, I mean, it was 7 nothing, 10 nothing, And uh, 
Oregon just kind of ran away and hid that first half. They let Utah kind of get back into it. But, yeah, at the end of the day, man, um, a great opportunity there for for Utah to show that they belong. And they uh, they couldn't get it done last night out in Santa Clara. Let's talk about the game going on here in town uh, this uh, tonight, and that's uh, Ohio State and the Wisconsin Badgers Big Ten Championship. Uh, if Wisconsin could find a way, which I think it's unlikely, we, we, we would think that, but let's just uh, uh, play both sides of the card here. But if Wisconsin can find a way to beat Ohio State, do you think that affects at all uh, their playoff position? I think Ohio State's in no matter what. Um, it'll be interesting to see, Tom, today how the approach that Ohio State takes. You don't want to overlook Wisconsin, and you still want to finish off the undefeated season. You don't want to have a letdown, or you don't want to play this game not at 100% and allow yourself to maybe get injured and make mistakes. Um, so I think Ohio State is in no matter what happens today. I don't think Wisconsin will beat them. And I think that's going to move Penn State into the Rose Bowl if Wisconsin does lose. Uh, Wisconsin is going to go from possibly playing in the Rose Bowl to win to being probably the fourth Big Ten team to to get a bowl bid. I think you're obviously going to go Ohio State, then you're going to go Penn State, and then you're probably going to look at Minnesota at ten and two, and then Wisconsin at ten and three. If they lose today, could move them from something like the Rose Bowl to the Citrus Bowl or a smaller bowl. Um, but, yeah, I, I think a great opportunity today for Baylor or Oklahoma uh, to prove that they should be. And they, the Big 12 should get that last spot. If Oklahoma wins, I think they're in. I think if Baylor wins, they're in. So now all of a sudden uh, you're looking at rank number six right now, Oklahoma, rank number seven, Baylor. They play. Whoever wins that I think is going to be that four team into the, uh, into the playoff as long as Georgia loses to LSU, Ohio State takes care of business, and Clemson takes care of business. Well, you mentioned that LSU game. I think that's a game that a lot of people's got their eyes on. I mean, uh, is it going to be the new school or the old school? I mean, this year is the uh, is one of the last of the holdouts that, that came over from the dark side. LSU uh, uh, has officially uh, arrived, I think. And I, I really have enjoyed watching LSU, and, and I think they'll beat Georgia, and I think that's just going to be a big upset right there. I mean, that's a great call out of you, Tom. It, it could happen. I mean, Georgia is a team that can get it done running. Um, they got great quarterback play. But, man, LSU and the way that Burrow's been playing, I just – I'm not sure I can call that. Um, I would love to see it because I mean, I'm like you, Tom. We like to see chaos. We like to see upsets. We like to see teams that, oh, man, let's see what happens if this team wins. Um, and I think the SEC right now, if you're on the board or you're a school in the SEC with revenue sharing – I think you're thinking, man, if Georgia can win today, Georgia's in. LSU's not going to fall out of the top four. We can get two teams into this bad boy, and all of a sudden you've got revenue sharing and a better chance to win the national championship if you're in the SEC conference. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't think LSU is going to lose today. But as you know, Tom, and what we saw last night to kind of kick this thing off, anything can happen. Anything can happen, and and I tell you what, if we're talking about chaos and upsets, uh, let's look over at the ACC, number three, Clemson against number 23, uh, Virginia. I mean, even though they're ranked at, I don't know, and I, I haven't seen the spread, but I, I think that if you're rooting for an underdog and then you're rooting for an upset and you're rooting for uh, chaos, uh, a, a Clemson loss will give you uh, will feed that appetite for you. 
Yeah, and, and Clemson's a team that people look at and say, okay, why aren't they number one when they're undefeated? Well, their schedule in the ACC just hasn't been probably what in the past, you know, when the Virginias and the Virginia Techs and the Georgia Techs are down, uh, it tends to uh, make their schedule look a little bit softer than what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if Clemson were to lose, um, you could make an argument that another one-loss school like Oklahoma could sneak in. Uh, if Georgia were to win, that would get two. So um, Clemson, you know, yes, they're undefeated, and most people think they're in no matter what happens today. But a slip-up or a blowout, if they were to get blown out today for some reason, which I don't think will happen. Trevor Lawrence too good. Uh, that offensive line is too good for that, that to happen. But if it were to happen, Tom, I mean – you know, you kind of look at it and say, okay, uh, maybe they don't deserve because they really haven't played anybody this year. No, absolutely. And then we always have that conversation about the strength of schedule. But uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, over there in the um, American division, uh, number 20, Cincy, against uh, number 17, Memphis. This is a big rival, but a big another matchup. Uh, that's been Ryder, uh, the quarterback there for Cincinnati, has uh, uh, kind of been ailing. He didn't even play last week. One with all indications would think they would start uh, this weekend against Memphis. But that's a, another game that uh, a lot of people have their eyes on, especially for bowl, uh, uh, the bowl committee. Yeah, no, you're right, because this is a chance with Memphis being 17. They're right now ranked ahead of Boise. Boise gets Hawaii tonight in their conference championship. Cincinnati's right there at 20, followed by Appalachian State at 21. So I think the winner of Memphis and Cincinnati would be the highest, uh, what, what do they call it, top non-top five, whatever it is, uh, to be able to get to a bowl. So the, that's a New Year's Day bowl, and for a school that is – a little bit smaller on the scale and in the American Conference, like Memphis or like Cincinnati. I mean, that's a huge deal to win today and be able to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. Well, we'll certainly uh, see what happens. And when we got Bowl uh, Bowl Sunday coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll get into a couple of those bowls here in just a second. But just a, a couple uh, lingering stories out there. There's a there's some talk, uh, at least uh, fueled somewhat by Tua himself, that he may not. Uh, that he's looking at his options, he may not go into the draft as he he feels like maybe his his draft uh, stock is is down a little bit based on an injury, and he he obviously wants to be in the top of the draft class. I'm not sure that's going to happen. So there is a possibility that he doesn't go to the draft. But I think at the end, uh, no matter where he gets drafted at, he's going to make a buttload of money, and I think that's going to be, as they say, money talks. Well, yeah, and you mentioned it with the Bulls. You know, we've seen this more and more over the last couple of years where if you're a heck of a player or you're going to be a top five pick and your team's playing in not to rip on any Bulls and not to call anybody out, but a, a not, not a marquee bowl, then why would you go play in that bowl? And if you're, if you're not projected to be a top ten pick and you're Tua, why not come back, try to win a national championship and boost your stock to make a little bit more money? Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many players that know are going to be, you know, top five, top ten picks in the NFL draft. Do they decide to, hey, you know what, I'm going to forego this bowl game because I don't want to get hurt and uh, hurt my draft stock. So we've been seeing that more and more lately. Um, I think it was Leonard Fournette a few years ago kind of started that trend. Uh, he knew he was going to be a top five pick, but LSU didn't have the best of seasons. I think they ended up in like the Texas Bowl or the Gator Bowl, and he said, you know what, I'm not going to risk my body. I'm not going to risk injury uh, and, and, and a lot of money to, um, 
um, I, we're going to risk we're going to risk a lot of my future to play in this bowl game and probably lose the game and I don't want to sacrifice myself. So we'll see how many people decide, hey, uh, I'm going to go for the millions in the NFL and not play in this bowl game. You know, uh, we were talking about the Red Box Bowl uh, game uh, for IU, but, you know, I think uh, there's been more and more buzz and chatter about them going back to the uh, Pinstripe Bowl uh, there at Yankee Stadium on the 27th. Um, I think that's going to be more of a a Michigan-Wake Forest uh, game, but uh, what are your thoughts about an Indiana, maybe North Carolina game there in the uh, uh, Pinstripe Bowl? Again, for IU. Yeah, um, you know the thing with IU is, you know, there was a lot of rumors. Oh, hey, it'll be the Music City Bowl. Maybe they'll be down in Nashville. That'd be a quick ride for Bloomington. I've always thought they were going to end up in the Red Box Bowl. Um, yeah. Do they want to go back to the Pinstripe Bowl, Tom? I mean, remember they got screwed a couple years ago against Duke. They hit that field goal. They called it no good. Um, I, if I'm, if I'm, and I know there's a lot of IU alumni in New York, and I get that. But Red Box Bowl out in San Francisco wouldn't be a bad option. And, and I think if the Music City Bowl comes calling, which I don't think it, it will, but if it were, I would think the Music City Bowl, knowing that's close to – it's always between Christmas and New Year's, and it's a quick drive down to Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Nashville may not be uh, a uh, sunshine state, but I think I would rather play – if I'm going to be in a bowl, I want to go somewhere warm. Uh, not in the snow in New York City. Uh, <laughs> I just I don't think that, that I would like that. But I, I get it. I understand that. So let's uh, talk a little bit about the major championships real quickly. I, do, are we all in agreement that we think it's going to be LSU and Ohio State in the championship uh, game? Yeah. Um, I don't see Ohio State slipping up today. I don't see them slipping up in that first game of the playoffs. So I could definitely see that. Um and LSU should roll. I know you, you've got them losing today in an upset to Georgia. So, uh, but I still think no matter what happens, Ohio State, LSU are going to end up meeting in that, uh, in that in that national championship game uh, because nobody else has proven that they are as good or as elite as those two those two teams. And what Ohio State's done in the Big Ten, I mean, out of their nine Big Ten games, they're obviously not alone in the Big Ten. Five times they've held teams ten points and under. Uh, they really took Wisconsin out of their style when they played back in October. Um, I think Ohio, Ohio, Ohio State had, what, 272 rushing yards and blew them off 38-7. to So um, I don't see Ohio State slipping up today. Uh, Indianapolis has become Columbus West. There will be hundreds of thousands more fans for Ohio State than Wisconsin. Uh, the Buckeyes will have no problems today, uh, and they're definitely going to be that team to beat. All right, Tony, we appreciate you joining us. Up next is Kent Sterling, KentSterling.com. Standing by to talk about the, uh, the Colts. Uh, Tony, I know you got to get uh, some other things going. I appreciate you squeezing this in today, buddy. Yes, sir, man. Have a good one. Take care. All righty. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast joining us now on the wings. Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com. How are you, sir? Good, Tom. How are you doing? Fantastic. We'll just talk a little college football, bowl games, uh, uh, talking the uh, Big Ten, obviously, here in town, uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin. You got any any thoughts on uh, some college football uh, today? I'm taking the favorites all, all day long. I think Ohio State's going to run over the top of Wisconsin. Uh, I love LSU uh, over Georgia. I, I really like Clemson, even as a 28-and-a-half-point favorite over Virginia, I think it's going to be the favorites because they got to stack up some points and be impressive for that committee. 
You know, I know you're an IU guy. I'm an IU guy, so let's play the homer card real quick. First of all, what a, what a great season Tom Allen has had and has been able to uh, have eight wins uh, for the first time, I believe, since 1993. Gets a contract extension, well-deserved. We were just talking with Tony a little bit about uh, the bowl game. A lot of chatter talking about the go back to the pin uh, uh, strike game there in New York. I don't know I think that IU wants to go there. We were thinking maybe the possibility of Music City Bowl uh, or the Red Box Bowl, but where do you think that come Sunday uh, Tom Allen and his crew will end up at? Well, my my philosophy is this. We don't get greedy about bowls, but I'm not going to Detroit. If they send Indiana to Detroit, I'm done with it. And it, Because that's not that's not a reward for a good season. That's a punishment. Mm. That's a penalty. Yeah. That's a consequence. And so going to Detroit is just an insult. And if, if the committee sends or, or the poll people, they send Indiana to Detroit, I wash my hands of the entire operation. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be frustrating. And, and, and if any team has won a reward, it's, it's been – it's been I, IU, that's for sure. Well, yeah. I brought you on to talk about the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, we've, we've got ourselves in a, a, a predicament, if you will, and a very avoidable predicament. And, and let, let's start with the elephant in the room. Everybody, I think, that's a Colts fan, is is disturbed by Adam Vinatieri. Uh, unfortunately, he's had a, a rough season, and we saw the signs of it. We're probably seeing the end of his career. I'm wondering, and this is just a conspiracy theory. I'm wondering is he air quote on the injury list and out? So that that's going to be kind of kind of their way to um, separate ties with Adam Vinatieri at the end of the season. You know, and I get that that suspicion, and and the Colts have earned that through not communicating honestly with the media and with the fans about uh, about injuries. But I am certain that Adam Vinatieri is actually injured, that he actually had an MRI on that plant leg because he's got a knee issue. And that's just what happens when you get old. You know, things don't heal quickly, if at all. And and so I think Adam's being upfront about it. I think the Colts have been less than upfront, so we're a little bit suspicious and a little bit cynical about their communication with us from an injury perspective. But you know what? I love the guy. And I'm not going to allow, you know, uh, one rough season that was injury-driven, that mediocrity injury-driven, uh, ruling what I think of, uh, of Adam Vinatieri as one of those Colts who's going to go up in the ring of honor someday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he's definitely going to be a first-round Hall of Famer. Let's talk about our quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. Obviously, has had a great job stepping in uh, in an unexpected role with the retirement of, of Andrew Luck, and I think he's done a, a, a great job. But I think we're still it's, – it's going to happen. You know everybody's going to talk about it, uh, that uh, Luck's coming back and uh, Brissett's going to go to another team. But let's just say that doesn't happen. Is the Colts on board – for a long-term relationship, if you will, an LTR, if you will, with Jacoby Brissett? You know, I think that's still to be determined, and I think that these four games are going to have something to do with that, the four games they've got left in the regular season. If he continues to show that in the fourth quarter he's incapable of going out and winning games in the way that a lot of other quarterbacks are able, you know, we see the top ten quarterbacks, let's just draw the line there, those guys can go out in the fourth quarter and get some work done and get their team over to hump. We remember back in 2017 when Brissett was the starting quarterback as luck was out. I think the Colts had leads 
going into the fourth quarter seven times of games that they lost. And everybody blamed Chudzinski and Pagano for not being imaginative with their schematics offensively. But I think a lot of the responsibility also resides with Brissett. You've seen that this year. He's really good in the first quarter. He is not good in the fourth quarter. And that's when you earn your money as a starting quarterback in the NFL. They've got another year with Brissett with a manageable contract. And they've got a draft coming up where they've got three picks, at least right now they do in the first two rounds, and you're going to be able to go out and get a guy via the draft that maybe you feel good about in the future and use this upcoming year in 2020 as kind of a get-acquainted year for a new quarterback with Brissett there, kind of showing the guy the ropes. Um, I think that that's what winds up happening in the end. But don't don't sell the, the Colts' ability to win games short. They could beat the Buccaneers. They could beat the Jaguars. They've got the Panthers. The Panthers just fired Ron Rivera. And then they've got a Monday night football game against the Saints. I'm not saying that it's likely they run the table, but they could run it. They could they could do some things and put themselves in a position to still make the playoffs. So let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater yet and, and toss this season aside. Something good could happen for this team. No, I I absolutely agree. I think they're still they're still on the outside looking in, and I, I think uh, if they can get some wins, their chances of getting to the playoff uh, certainly increases. But if we get a loss to uh, if we get a loss to to Tampa, I, I mean it's still going to come down to this Jacksonville game. And we look at three games that yeah. I think that we can go back and look at and say, had we won those games, we would have had some uh, tiebreaker issues. There would have been a lot of things that would have been in our favor. Had we beat uh, Miami, for God's sake, uh, had we beat the Raiders, uh, had we not beat ourselves last week against the Tennessee Titans, a, a team that we're very good against historically, come in into, on the road to get a, a, a divisional win I, I was a stinger. You know, and uh, there are even a couple others. You, you really should have won that game against the Chargers. You know, we, they're 6-6 six and six right now. And you don't have to squint too hard to figure out how they could be 10 and 2 right now. And if they're 10 and 2, we're not having this conversation about Jacoby Brissett. If Vinatieri is healthy and he knocks field goals through at the level that he has over the course of his career, we're not having this conversation. But at the same time, if Jacoby Brissett had played better against the Titans, we're also not having this conversation. So I think you're absolutely right in that while Brissett doesn't doesn't bear all the responsibilities for what looks like it, it will be a mediocre season. He does bear some of it, and and I think some of it is enough to put Ballard in a position where he's going to look and he's going to say, you know what, if one of these guys is available, if Herbert's available, uh, I don't know, maybe from with that uh, that Redskins pick early in the second round, if those guys are available, maybe you take a chance on a new franchise quarterback and you prepare yourself for 2021 when Jacoby Brissett is going to be somebody else's issue. Let's talk about uh, T.Y. Hilton, if you will. It's getting to that time of the year when when you're hearing not just T.Y. with just other players, and they say, well, it's week by week, it's week by week, but he's still still not ready to go. At some point, he gets put on IR, and he's done for the season. Do we we see that coming with T.Y. Hilton? We desperately need him in the final stretch. Yeah, he's not going to play this week. We know that. I don't know. At this point, does it even make sense to put him on IR and open that roster spot? I don't know. Uh, Hilton 
is a guy whose health over the years has kind of eroded pretty steadily. We remember last year he was week to week. He almost never practiced the last seven or eight weeks of the season with the, uh, the ankle injury, and now he's got the calf deal. This is his eighth season. Sometimes, you know, guys age at different times, and guys become uh, expendable because of injury at different times. And it looks like maybe that time has come for T.Y. Hilton. I hate to think about that because he is one of those guys who can change a game. He's dynamic. He's a competitor. He's really, really smart in the way he does his business. And uh, finding scenes in his own, finding a way to get open, running routes correctly, uh, a really good dude for for this team. And, and I hate to think that this is it for him, but you know what? Maybe it is. Absolutely, and look at the look at the uh, and just look at the interim report. I mean, you got Malik Hooker, we could desperately need. You got Kenny Moore, which we is, is out, which we could desperately need. Clayton Gathers, Marlon Mack is still dealing with his hand, as we talked about. Paris Campbell, we could definitely use. Uh, Ali Cox and Yin Sen, those are all key players that are on the injury list uh, this week that we need to get healthy going into the to the rest of the season. And you look at a guy like Malik Hooker, who's done a really, really good job. I mean, his the completion percentage against Malik Hooker at the free safety position is crazy low. He's really important. He showed up on the injury list this week. He seems to be a regular occupant. You know, he's taken up a residency on the injury list. And, and that's no slight on him. I mean, he's not doing it because he wants to get out of practice. He's genuinely injured. But you've got some issues, and those issues are going to have to be addressed during what is going to be an insanely important offseason for the Colts. We'll talk a little bit about, of course, the Colts going down to Tampa Bay, uh, meeting their old coach, Bruce Arians. Uh, Tampa Bay has gotten hot at the right time. Uh, what are your thoughts of the Colts versus Tampa Bay on, on Sunday? You know, it's one of those teams where it looks like they've kind of figured it out. You know, Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston all of a sudden look like they're in sync and that offense is getting productive at the wrong time. This looked like one of those games when we looked at the schedule maybe in September where we were like, okay, that's a win. We can just chalk that up as a win. You show up in Tampa and you you collect your W. And this is going to be an entirely different deal. You're going to go down to Tampa and you're going to try to figure things out on the fly and you're going to try to put together a game plan that addresses the weaknesses of that defense and, and then try to keep Jameis Winston from killing you. And, and really a, a game that you thought, like I said, was going to be a win. Uh, this is, uh, is going to be a coin flip, and they're going to have to show up and play really well into the fourth quarter. And we're going to have to hope 
that whoever the hell this kicker is, he knows what he's doing and he can make a couple of kicks because we know how important that is. Well, he's, he's got quite the resume. Uh, he's only a rookie or maybe he's, this is only his second year in the yeah. NFL and he's, He's played with about six different teams, so hopefully he uh, <laughs> he can he can he can get it done. Uh, let's play the home card just a little bit more while I got you here because uh, that's that's what we do well. But uh, let's go over to uh, down to Bloomington to the IU basketball. Of course, they're in uh, Madison uh, this uh, today. They play Wisconsin. Uh, IU is so far eight zero, but we know it's still very early in the basketball season. But wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? We say this every year, but wouldn't it be nice to see IU? Uh, in somewhere better than the Sweet 16, maybe a lead eight or a Final Four. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> I, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to predict anything like that. They haven't been to the Elite Eight since 2002, so it's been yeah. a, a long cup of coffee since they got over that hump. But seeing progress this year, getting into the tournament at all, I think would be a good thing, and I would settle for that. Uh, they got a game against Wisconsin. That is, uh, man, if you can go steal one up in Madison, you feel real good about yourself and feel really good about your opportunity to run the table until we get to uh, Maryland, I think, on January 3rd. That would be a fantastic outcome. You know, none of these games are games that you think, all right, we can't win this one. Um, Indiana is, you know, they they required – the other night against Florida State, an absolutely phenomenal performance by Devontae Green. And that was important from the offensive uh, perspective. But defensively, I thought they were really connected. I thought they played exceptionally hard. You looked at a guy the other night like Demise Anderson who went to work on defense, and, and that's a guy that, you know, in what we've seen in the past is he goes out on the floor and kind of spins in circles and, and runs aimlessly as he defends, and all of a sudden it seemed like the other night he kind of got it and the switch flipped. Armand Franklin has been terrific on the defensive end and a guy who can spell Al Durham at the point position until Rob Finnessy gets back. I like the way they looked against Florida State, but we're going to have to see what happens against Wisconsin and Nebraska and Arkansas and Notre Dame, all winnable games. But this team is going to have to find a way to be really, really disciplined in the way it does its business. And that is something that we really haven't seen in Bloomington for quite some time, going back to the Tom Green era. Well, yeah, I mean, IU men's basketball program has seen a lot of changes since 1998. Back then, uh, Bob Knight, who was the head coach of the Hoosiers, where they went 12-year, uh, uh, were on a 12-year NCAA uh, streak, uh, now Archie Miller is in his third season as a head coach. And, I, one, he's got he's got to – get something done and he's off to a good start obviously as we talked about but the Hoosiers haven't made the NCAA tournament since 2016 but IU has an opportunity to do something today that's really special and that that hasn't been done since 1998 and beat uh, Wisconsin on the road Wisconsin is a tournament team well we're going to find out I mean they piled up losses as high as they piled up wins the other night against North Carolina State they didn't look terribly good they don't look like they are connected as a unit. So maybe this is a good time to get them, you know, on December 7th instead of getting them on February 7th when Greg Gardner group's likely to have things a little bit more coalesced 
and figured out. Uh, but I like where Indiana is. I, they, and Archie, you can tell through his behavior with the media that he likes where his team is. I, I always, if a guy's funny in media availabilities, I think that that shows something. We've never seen Archie Miller be funny before this year. Uh, you know, I look at a team like Butler, and they got that game against Florida coming up in, in just uh, like an hour and 45 minutes at Henkel Fieldhouse. And Lavelle Jordan has kind of become a different communicator with the media this year. I think Archie Miller being funny about Devontae Green, you know, practicing shots, uh, being funny about some of the other guys, I think it's a sign that he really likes the way his team's working. You know, we're talking about Bobby Knight, and, you know, there was a lot of buzz on social media this week about him possibly returning to Assembly Hall. And, you know, that what, that would be a, a, a big thing. Obviously, we, we know what he hasn't uh, been back since he was released, and he's uh, refu- uh, when he was in the media, he refused to talk about IU. Uh, I, I know there's rumors through the grapevine that he's uh, suffering from uh, maybe Alzheimer's or dementia, and maybe he's just uh, – trying to tie up some loose ends uh it's it's sad but it's also a it would be good to see him back at at, at the Bloomington campus you know I wish I didn't care about this I wrote about it yesterday at KentSterling.com about Bob Knight coming back to Assembly Hall and I wish that I could get over it and just think you know what he's an old man he's he's always been bitter about his departure from Indiana he's never gotten over it and he, he hasn't treated the university well he hasn't um, treated some of the people tethered to the university and his program very well. And, and so I wish that I could get beyond it and just say, you know what, we move on and it's over. But I can't. I would love to see him walk out of that tunnel one more time. I'd love to hear the cheers. I'd love for him to hear the cheers. I, I, I really feel like it, it would be a wonderful moment for he and his family and, and hopefully that comes to pass. I, I don't know whether it will. Uh, I think that his moving to Bloomington shows that he, he's not quite as worried about appearances as maybe he was uh, a few years ago and, and not quite as bitter about his departure from IU. He went to a baseball game. I think he'll go to a basketball game. And I think I, I hope he's still, he, he still has the cognitive ability to experience the love that is going to be thrown his way during that moment. And I hope that a lot of the guys who played for him and, and have some bitterness toward him, I hope they kind of get over it. I, I think that that's important too. Uh, I'd like to see Bob Knight become a fixture at Indiana games in the way that Katie is or, or in the way that John Wooden was at, uh, at, UCLA, at UCLA games. I think that would be great for him. I think it would be great for everybody involved in the program, and, and I'd love to see that happen. He, that, you cannot look at that building at Simon Scott Assembly Hall and not think about Bob Knight if you went to Indiana during his era. You just can't do it. That building and that guy are tethered, and, and I hope that at some point he comes back and, and enjoys what I'm sure would be a raucous ovation and a great night of basketball. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of just a, a, a great night of just maybe having a, a panel discussion between two greats, wouldn't it be great to have a, a panel discussion either at Mackey Arena or Assembly Hall with uh, Bobby Knight and Gene Cates on the same stage and, and someone like you emceeing questions or whatever? I, wouldn't that be a good experience for fans to have? 
it would be unbelievable. And, and they do that periodically. They make a couple of, a couple of dollars that each of them do when, when that happens, when they get together and they talk. And they enjoy it. They love telling stories. They're really, really good at it. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that that'd be that'd be wonderful for all of us. You know, we we have so many good memories uh, of that. You know, all the the people who go back to like 1972, um, but also uh, for us, the the people in the 80s mm-hmm. just sure. loved Indiana basketball, loved what Bob Knight did, and and how that program behaved. They never cheated. They always graduated their kids. They uh, they they did things the right way, and while everybody around them was cheating, and they won like hell. I mean, they they had a non-conference uh, winning streak at Assembly Hall that stretched from like 1984 to 1997. They won national championships in 76, 81, and 87. They went to the tournament almost every year. You know, it it, it was the gold standard for college basketball. And, and Bob Knight was the architect of it. And, and I really do think that he belongs in some respect at Indiana University. And I'd like, I'd like to see the university, and I know this isn't going to happen, but I'd like to see them employ the guy and, and, <laughs> and uh, allow him to be a, a bona fide member of Indiana University if his health will allow that. No, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, uh, Dan Dockage and Bob Knight have no love lost between each other, but he did make a, a valid point uh, a few weeks ago on the show. He goes, you know, no matter what my personal feelings are about Bob Knight, one thing that he never did do was cheat, and his kids did graduate. So, you know, that, that, that solidifies that point. I mean, I like Dan. He's a good guy. You take it, take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, it, you make a valid point that he's – when we look at the, where we're at with college coaches – Unfortunately, Archie's brother being caught up in these cheating scandals and, and one thing after another, uh, bring back the good old days. That's what I say. You know, and Bob Knight really never took the salary that he was due at Indiana. He, he always worked kind of for pennies on the dollar. He was never greedy. He raised a hell of a lot of money for that library fund. He did a lot of real good things for Indiana. It's impossible to ignore the bad, and ignoring the bad does nobody a service. But there was a lot of good that Bob Knight authored in Bloomington at Indiana University. That's a better university today for Bob Knight being a part of it than it would have been had he not been. And and to Dan's point, I mean, I've, I've been a friend of Dan's forever, and I can tell you, that that Dan, in private conversations or speaking publicly, like the thing that the assistant coaches were psychotically uh, paralyzed with fear about was being caught doing something that was a, uh, an NCAA violation because Knight just absolutely would not have it. And so that was, that was a, uh, a thing that there was fear in that, like, not only did the assistant coaches not try to get away with anything, the assistant coaches bent over backwards to be above board and be straight up and not commit any kind of violation because that wasn't the way Knight did business. Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com. Kent, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, real quickly on the homer card, blue gold, the Pacers, off to a pretty good start. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on the outlook of the Pacers? Obviously, we're still early on the season with the Pacers, uh, but uh, it looks like they're getting off to a, a good start. I think they have the Knicks tonight or tomorrow. Uh, had a loss just they last do. night, I believe. 
Yeah, they lost to the Pistons last night. They've got the Knicks tonight. I wasn't happy with the way the Pacers played in the first half last night, but that was a greedy situation. I was up at the sports book in Anderson, and I thought, you know what? This is a disciplined team. They're going to come out in Detroit on the third game of this road trip. They're going to put the Pistons away early, and I lost a few shekels as a result of that. <laughs> so I was a little agitated about your Indiana Pacers. But you know what? 14-8 and eight at this point without Victor Oladipo, uh, I, I don't think that anybody can be too disturbed about that or disappointed. Uh, Nate McMillan, talk about a guy who's happy with his team. He's happy with his team. He likes their level of work. He likes the level of camaraderie. This is a team that coalesced very, very quickly and, and became – we saw the first three games of the season uh, the Pacers lost, and it looked like maybe it was going to take some time for these guys to gel – it's been a very quick process. I think when they get Oladipo back, they're going to have a starting five that defensively is outstanding and guys who are willing to share the ball offensively. you got a scoring machine in T.J. Warren, who is, you know, T.J. Buckets. He can shoot threes. He's got a great mid-range game. He can get to the rim. Malcolm Brogdon, if Malcolm Brogdon spoke to your group, if he showed up at like a Rotary Club or a Sertoma Club, and, and he gave a speech and said, I'm running for whatever the office, mayor, congressman, senator, president. You would leave that thing, that meeting, saying, okay, I'm voting for that guy. That's the kind of person Malcolm Brogdon is. And, and this team has become a reflection, I think, of the professionalism that Malcolm Brogdon brings to it. And uh, I just – I love watching them play. They play NBA basketball in a way that very few teams in the NBA do. They share the ball – at, at an extreme level, and that is really, really tough in that league. Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com. Kent, what are you working on this week? Yeah, you know, I'm on my way to Hicklefield House to watch Butler Bulldogs play against Florida. Uh, I, you know, I cover everything. I'm at Pacers practice. I'm at Butler. Uh, I'm at the Colts complex, you know, as often as they have, uh, they have media availability. So what I, what I try to do is, is really give people here and people around the country a, a great, honest, uh, unfiltered look at what goes on with these teams and have a hell of a time doing it. Kent Sterling, you can find him on Twitter at Kent Sterling. Uh, appreciate you joining us as always, sir, and, and enlightening us and, and, and helping us have a better understanding of life. <laughs> Well, my my pleasure. That that's a that's a big statement. I'll keep trying to live up to it. All right, buddy. You have yourself a good weekend. You too. Thanks, Tom. Uh-huh. Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com. Love having him on. He certainly is, you know, very knowledgeable when it comes to Indiana sports. I appreciate him uh, playing the, the the Homer card with us for a little bit. We got uh, we're gonna have both of the BS Sports Show on here in a few minutes. It's been a few minutes late, uh, but we're going to get into this NFL talk and some more of this college uh, football uh, bowl talk. Uh, we'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous pork chop down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home.
<laughs> you know, back then I was a little baby. Sweet and greasy. Gotta love bread. I know. You know, there's sandwich bread over there oh, next yeah. to the coffee. I eat bread in the bathtub. Hey, that's gross to me. There's a lot I've been feeling lately. Uh, why is there a hearse at my house? Night screams. The new fun of the kids. Billy, Billy. My Billy. Billy, where are you, Billy? So I need to talk to you regarding money. I stomped on all the fun chunks. My grief has a scent like suffering. A rusty navel. How to get rusty? Look at. All right, welcome back to Balance. So glad to have Tony Donahue at the Tony D uh, podcast and Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com. Really go check the both of them out separately. Uh, uh, good stuff. Uh, KentSterling.com does a great job of covering uh, Indiana sports, uh, the the Colts, especially the Hoosiers, uh, Butler. Uh, really, if it, if it pertains, well, also as he mentioned on the national scale too. But his focus point is is uh, the the Indiana uh, sports arena sports market kit, Sterling.com and what you know certainly what a great conversation that was to, to have with him about the Colts but I really enjoyed to hear his his thoughts and his memories about Bobby Knight because I was there a little bit after him but still within the same time uh, frame as him and he's right uh, Bobby Knight is is an anchor to that school and. You know, every school has that anchor, and it's it's unfortunate uh, that the way things came down with him. He's going to certainly go down as one of the greatest coaches in history. Uh, I mean, one of the greats up there with G- uh, Gene Cady's and Coach K of Duke and uh, the North Carolina coach and just uh, so many of the greats. And, you know, back in the old school, back in the days uh, when <laughs> – Basketball, should we say pure? Is, is that is that being a little naive? I, I, college basketball, uh, maybe it is, but still, it, things were different back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. We've been talking college football uh, bowl games and college football uh, games uh, today, as it is college. Uh, as it is college football divisional championship uh, uh, weekend. When certainly uh, we talked uh, about the LSU-Georgia game, and that'd be a big upset if LSU loses. And so, you know, going on the the mind of, of good thinkers, if you will, we, uh, we've got to assume that uh, LSU is going to beat Georgia. Again, we talked about LSU and Ohio State being in the, the – the, uh, championship game i don't know that we we see any anything different from that at at the moment but hey a lot of things could happen anything could happen as as tony donahue from the tony d podcast uh uh, mentioned and alluded to that from last night's uh, game utah falling to uh oregon as we talked about i mean really that pretty much um the the final seed if you will uh, pretty much will go to that of Pac-12. I mean, at least that's that's our working that's our working theory. So we'll see uh, how how all that plays out. Um, just got to talk a little bit about some of the 
uh, we didn't get a chance to get to all of these. Let's kind of talk a little bit about who we think will be where uh, come tomorrow and Bowl Sunday. And we're, uh, Mo is running a little late, so hopefully we could get him on here in a few minutes. Uh, Mo for the BS Sports Show. But uh, so let's talk a little bit about these games and then. When he joins us, we'll, we'll get into some more of the NFL talk and what's going on around the NFL and, and so forth, especially this big conversation. Boy, I wish Ed, Ed Kratz w- would have been on with us today to talk about uh, uh, old Jerry Jones getting all fired up. So, obviously, on January 13th, ESPN down at the uh, Superdome in New Orleans is the national championship game. We believe that's going to be LSU and Ohio State. I think that's a pretty much consensus among others. But, again, as I, was, as I was talking about just a few seconds ago, if Georgia finds a way to beat LSU, well, 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 what does that do to the championship game? And, you know, we'll see how that happens. And if Clemson gets beat, wow, that's that could be another – uh, barn burner, root for chaos. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of people believe right now it's going to be LSU versus Clemson in the uh, semi-playoff there at the Fiesta Bowl. That's down in Glendale, Arizona on the 28th. And then also on the 28th down in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, we believe it's going to be either Ohio State versus Oklahoma which is probably what it's going to be now because the other scenario then would have been Utah and and so if Oklahoma wins today, I would say that's pretty much your matchup. And definitely if Ohio State wins today uh, and Oklahoma wins today, that'll be your, your, your matchup. So let's talk a little bit about some of these other games, maybe just some games that we have some projections put together here at the balance and see where we're at with those. But this is kind of our thought process Again, uh, nothing's etched in stone. It's, uh, it's, uh, this is real time. This is real real time. But uh, as we look at things now, um, we've got the tropical these, – these names of these bowls have cracked – they've gotten, they've gotten more and more animated over the years. Uh, we just need the cereal bowl. Uh, we need the uh, uh, toilet bowl. How about that? But the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas on ESPN2 December 20th. Uh, There's a couple ways this could go. And, again, we're going to find out a little bit more today. It could probably be SMU versus Florida Atlantic. I think that's what a lot of people will think. But there again, you got to look at Tulane and Toledo as possibly being in that mix of – People that they, that they could show up they, at that game. So you got the Celebration Bowl. Now that's down in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, I think a lot of people think North Carolina A&T a- uh, versus Alcorn State. I think that's pretty much a universal thought of what's going on with that with that bowl. Well, here we go. We're back. We're back. It all good. 
New Mexico Bowl. Now, that's uh, down in the Dreamstyle Stadium in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That could go a couple ways. Either West, Western Kentucky versus Wyoming or Marshall versus San Diego State. We really figure those are, those are the two uh, scenarios that could possibly happen down there in that bowl. The Cure Bowl, uh, Georgia Southern versus uh, Florida International or Arkansas State versus Liberty. That could be a scenario there for that, that bowl as well. And you heard uh, both Tony and Kent talk about where they think IU should go. And I agree with, with uh, uh, Kent. And if they, move him, if they move IU to New York or Detroit, for that matter, uh, yeah, that's not a reward. And they've had a great, they've had a great season. So it's bowl selection tomorrow. This has been our college football preview, if you will. <laughs> college football championship weekend. My name is Tom Marquisell, Presidente. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we're standing by. Hopefully we'll get uh, Mo on here in a, in a few minutes. But a uh, few minutes that we got left, give us a call. If you want to talk some college football, you want to talk some NBA, you want to talk some NFL, What's going on in the NFL? Of course, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and our official NFL contributor, and he's with SLI.com. Check out his stuff. We always try to get his stuff posted up on our social media, and that's on at Twitter, on our Twitter, on Twitter, at T-Balance. And then you can also find us on Facebook. Um, Just search uh, The Balance there as well and give us a follow but, uh, yeah, check out Ed's work. It's really good. Uh, he does a very, very thorough and a very, very good job uh, with the Eagles, especially if you're an Eagles fan. He's a must-read. But even with just an, the NFL, it's a, a must-check-out, must if you will. So if you want to talk NFL or, you know, you want to talk some Star Wars, hey, we'll give us Star Wars. You know, I've been on this quest to – Watch the Star Wars movies. Now, I have finished all the main four Star Wars movies, and I'm going with the advice of my advisory council. <laughs> I got a few people on that board uh, that are telling me the next one to watch is Rogue One, and we started that and um, didn't quite get through it. So, going to have to finish that up this weekend. So, you know, I've heard that Rogue One was the best of all of them. Uh, but uh, didn't get the love, if you will, as it should have. But anybody I've talked to says that Rogue One is the best uh, of the Star Wars series. Well, we saw the demise. Cowboy followed. I tell you what, is there really anybody in the – nothing against the Eagles, but is there anybody in the NFC? see West that it even deserves a playoff position. I mean, I don't know. I don't see it. And it's just kind of crazy, but you got to look at uh, the Cowboys and their head coach situation. And Jason Garrett, as we talked about, he's probably his next bit to maybe Freddie Kitchens is probably the hottest seat in the NFL right now. And, and clearly uh, listening to the interview with, uh, with, uh, Jerry Jones, the um, uh, Cowboys owner, 
on a radio station in Dallas, he was not happy, and uh, curse words did ensue. <laughs> so uh, we saw what happened on Thursday night. The Bears uh, uh, took advantage and, and won that game against the Cowboys, uh, 31-24. We've been talking about this a little bit earlier with Kent Sterling, KentSterling.com. Colts are on the road uh, without Adam Vinatieri, without T.Y. Hilton, without Marlon Mack. Um, without hooker uh so and and the the buccaneers are 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 at a good spot they're in a good place and bruce arian and his team have found a way to to um to get get the pieces put together and so we need this win do we have to win out when i say we speak of the colts um does the colts have to win out no but we sure need uh, these wins. And, and, and as Kent said from KentSterling.com, he said, you know, if we could get a, a – and these are all winnable games. If we could get a, a handful of wins put together and, and Jacksonville and Tennessee go on a losing streak, we could put ourselves back in a better situation. But we have to get wins. And, and it's, it's one, one week at a time, and we'll focus. And then we end the season on Monday night against New Orleans. Um, so we have got to get these, get these wins and, and, and get in a better situation. Ravens and the bills, Lamar Jordan, and what a beast, huh? I bet you, if you've got him on fantasy football, you are living life. You're enjoying life. You're enjoying your wins. <laughs> I've seen him in various leagues score as much as 30, 40, points in one game join us now mo from the bs sports show mo how are you sir uh well i'm alive so it's another good week for me not so much for the balanced listeners but you know it is what it is <laughs> hey i understand no problem brother hey uh let's let's get into some of these conversations obviously it's college football uh divisional championship weekend if you will some big games on tap we got the big 10 first of all we'll start with there here in indianapolis ohio state versus wisconsin i i, I mean i think this will be a good game but i think at the end ohio state uh, wins this i think across the board you got to look at ohio state running the table yeah, I mean, even though I find Ohio State disgusting, uh, you know, this is probably the best <laughs> team I've seen them have in, in years. But, you know, don't forget it wasn't too long ago that, uh, that uh, you know, Wisconsin just laid down for the Buckeyes in the Big Ten Championship, which propelled them into the uh, college football playoff and won them a national championship. I don't think the Buckeyes uh, – I don't think they're going to have any trouble with the Wisconsin, honestly. Because here's the thing, and, and Michigan learned this and Penn State learned this, you can hang early, but if you don't keep scoring and you have to start kicking field goals, Ohio State will run you into the ground because they don't kick field goals, man. They score touchdowns. So you've got to be able to keep up with their scoring, and no team so far has been able to do that. Now, they haven't played a team with a defense like an SEC team, like an LSU uh, or, or an Alabama yet, but you know, right now in the Big Ten, you've got to keep scoring to keep up with these teams, and so you've got to hope that your offense is on point today if you're Wisconsin. We were talking with Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast earlier about uh, the LSU-Georgia game. And if you're a college football fan, there's a part of you that likes chaos and disorder. And if Georgia can find a way to beat LSU today, um, uh, that's going to give you – that's going to feed that appetite for you. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think LSU drops out, though, if they lose today to Georgia, honestly. I think they probably would take the fourth seed, uh, you know, the – Utah blew their chance last night uh, by losing to Oregon. 
Oregon's not going to make it. Oklahoma's really the only team, I think, with an outside shot. But I think if LSU loses today, I, I think that they, they, they're they going to see two SEC teams in there, and you're not going to see Alabama. So I think LSU stays in the college football playoff, even with the loss today. Well, and a lot of people uh, are subscribing to the theory that uh, on the college football national championship will be LSU versus Ohio State. I think that's pretty much a universal thought. So is that, do, you, do you subscribe to that? Yeah, and I'll tell you, I would sign up for it right now. If I could, if you would tell me that that's what it was going to be, I, I wouldn't care if you played another game this year other than that one. The only thing I hate is the amount of time it takes to get from the championship Saturday today all the way to the college football playoff. I think it's too long. I think, uh, you know, I think it loses some of its hype, honestly, for the entire long wait. Yeah, we'll get excited again when the game's a couple days out, but I think it's honestly it's too long, uh, you know, of a wait between now and then. But I would sign up right now for LSU Ohio State all day, every day. Well, we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow. It's uh, Bowl Selection Sunday. Excited to, to see what happens with my Indiana Hoosiers. I was just talking with Kent Sterling of KentSterling.com. Uh, you know, he thinks it would be an insult to send the Hoosiers uh, north uh, to New York or Detroit, for that matter. Uh, but, uh, you know, Amy and Tony, we're talking about possibly the Music City Bowl, the Red Box Bowl. Uh, but uh, what do you think that Indiana University football for the first time and uh, since 1993, I believe, has won eight consecutive uh, – have have been – not eight consecutive games, I'm sorry, have been able to win eight games. Uh, where did they head? Yeah, you know, I, I think Music City Bowl is a good one for IU at this point. And they showed yesterday by the humongous contract that they gave to Tom Allen that they're serious mm-hmm. about football, too. It's not just a basketball school. So, uh, you know, good for Tom Allen and good for this program. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's done a masterful job. And, you know, you talk about a team in the Big Ten that doesn't get the, the five-star, the four-star, you know, recruits. They just don't get those guys. So I, I think with some stability there and with Tom Allen being there, Bloomington is such a fun uh, uh, fun college town. It, I think it helps the IU program that uh, you take this guy, and, and who by all accounts, everybody who's played for him loves. I mean, what a fiery, fun guy to play for. So, uh, you know, maybe Tom Allen can sneak in a couple of those four-star guys, maybe keep some of the, the really good in-state guys now in-state like the basketball program has done. So, uh, you know, good for the Hoosiers and good for this football program. Yeah, speaking of basketball, I mean, heck, IU basketball getting off in the weeds here, but IU basketball has Wisconsin. They haven't been able to beat uh, Wisconsin on the road on the Big Ten opener since 1998. Uh, that goes back to the Bobby Knight days. So uh, we'll see see what happens there with, with the basketball program and follow them along as, as we go. Talking about coaches, uh, Penn State got, got uh, coach got a uh, six-year extension. But one of the things that I think a lot of people were watching, tell me what your thoughts about this, uh, uh, rumor has it that Lane Kiffin is very close to a deal with uh, Mississippi. State. I mean, Ole Miss, I'm sorry, my fault. Yeah, with Ole Miss, yeah, it looks like that's where he's going to wind up. And, you know, this is the time of year when if you're a coach who's had a pretty good year, it's time to start uh, having your agent work for that extension because you you say, hey, look, I've got these SEC teams that are interested in my guy. You better lock him up for a long time. And we all know that these contracts don't mean crap at the end of the day. I mean, they honestly don't because, you know, the boosters from these other schools, you really want these coaches are willing to pay it to get these coaches there. But Franklin got to got to his extension Mike Leach uh Washington State got his so we will see but uh you know there's uh, going to be some big time programs where we'll be looking for coaches and it's time this time of year to lock your coaches up 
Well, and here's the other thing. Uh, the NFL is going to be looking for some coaches, too. And as we saw uh, on Thursday night, uh, the Chicago Bears uh, pulled out a very good win against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jerry Jones was not happy on a radio interview. You may have saw that. He lost his junk. Uh, and uh, I think uh, it, it's all but a certain done deal. Uh, I would think that he would wait to the end of the season. But I think after that loss to Chicago, that was the nail in the coffin for Jason Garrett. Yeah, and, and it should have been for a long time now. But you know, it's uh, you're squandering good football teams and, and, a, and a team that uh, uh, you know has going to have some salary cap issues. With they don't have their quarterback under contract, they don't have their top wide receiver under contract. Uh, you know, and it, it, Urban Meyer it seems like all of a sudden has turned into the John Gruden of three years ago, where every we we attach Urban Meyer to every opening there is about. So I'll be happy when all these coaches get hired. I can stop hearing Urban Meyer's name every week. Yeah, I remember that. We were on a, a, a Gruden watch every week, weren't we? That was uh, – <laughs> oh, God. He's finally, he's finally at the radio. So, uh, Kitchen's one and done? I, I, I don't see how he's not. I mean, it, it seems like that football team is so undisciplined. Uh, him himself, I think, is undisciplined. He's just – some guys are made to be head coaches, and, and I think he's one of them. He was better as an offensive coordinator. Uh he had some success, and, and, and they tried to keep that going with him and Baker this year by naming him the head coach. And I, I don't think he, he just turned out not to be head coach material. I think he's overwhelmed. And I think if the Browns are smart, <clears throat> they will move on. But, you know, sometimes the GM, I think, looks at, man, we've been such a, a mess with the coaching changes so often that they they hold on to a coach too long. But if I was uh, if I was the Haslams or John Dorsey, I would definitely be uh, making a change to a more experienced coach. I'm really shocked, uh, you know, that uh, Mike McCarthy wasn't interviewed for the job. I thought that that would be the job honestly that Bruce Arians would get, would be the Cleveland job. So if I'm, uh, if I'm John Dorsey, I'm looking for a guy with head coaching experience that's not Jeff Fisher and going to come in there and, and, you know, put the hammer down a little bit and get this team uh, focused and back, uh, you know, on the winning track. They've got a good team. Now they just need somebody to put it all together. Uh, the bearded man with a pencil up in Detroit, uh, Matt Patricia, is obviously one of those guys that was a better coordinator than a coach. Is he on the hot seat? He should be, but he might get a chance to hang on because of the injuries at quarterback. You know, they're playing with their third-string quarterback. And David Blau, honestly, played really good last week, in my opinion, on Thanksgiving. I enjoyed watching the former uh, Purdue quarterback play. He will have uh, cleats this Sunday honoring the late Tyler Trent uh, from Purdue. And, uh, you know, it, it would be terrible. But this, You know, this organization has not been run great for a long time. It would be a terrible idea to retain him as coach, but the injuries at quarterback might buy him one more season. The, you know, you look at uh, they replaced Jim Caldwell, who had nine wins and got them to the playoffs, but that wasn't good enough. They replaced it with Matt Patricia, who doesn't have nine wins, uh, barely has nine wins in two years, I think. So, uh, just a mess uh, in Detroit. Likely, he will be the quarterback one more time. Well, we know Ron Riviera got fired, and they fired him early to get started on that that hunt. Uh, uh, who are some of the uh, teams uh, coaches that the Panthers are looking for to be his replacement? You know, it, it's interesting because the, the owner, David Tepper, is the guy who 
made the decision to get let go of Ron Rivera. He wants his own coach uh, in there. And, you know, I'm, I I would think like a Mike McCarthy would be a guy he would look at. He's a huge football fan. And, you know, if I'm Atlanta, who's, I think, going to fire their coach, uh, I would be looking at Ron Rivera because you bring in a guy who's well-respected around the league, not a nicer guy around the league. And then you're also looking uh, at a guy who knows every team in that division pretty darn well. So don't be shocked if you see Ron Rivera wind up with the, uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. But uh, I would think David Tepper would talk to uh, a couple of guys that uh, – that have had run, you know, I, I would say Mike McCarthy's probably on the top of that list. But then you really, then you got to figure out what do you do with Cam Newton. So this is going to be a domino effect of what happens here because I don't think they found their replacement at quarterback. But if you're not going to be drafting high enough, what do you do? So it's going to be very interesting to watch the Panthers situation uh, because David Tepper, the owner, wants to be more involved. And as we all know, once the owner gets more involved, things start to go to crap. Well, you and I talked about offline about uh, Cam Newton, and we believe he's gone from Carolina. Now, where he ends up at, a lot of people are talking about Chicago or Denver, and uh, maybe not Indianapolis because I don't know that they want to pay that kind of money, and uh, Cam Newton doesn't want to be a backup quarterback, and um, I don't think that they're ready to move the Colts, at least yet, aren't ready to move on past a long-term relationship uh, with Jacoby Brissett. So, uh, where do you think Cam Newton ends up? Because I think we all will agree that he will not be in Carolina next year. You know, I thought Chicago, and it's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, Mitch Trubisky looked terrible up until the last two games. Now he looks like the Mitch Trubisky that we saw, you know, at times last year. The kid's got skills. I just don't know if his brain processes the game fast enough. You know, we've seen that before. We've seen lots of guys have skills whose brains just couldn't process what was going on in front of them quick enough. You know, Johnny Manziel comes to mind very quickly as a guy uh, like that. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Cam Newton. Chicago seemed like the obvious place before, and he had said he wouldn't mind playing in Chicago. Uh, John Elway makes all kinds of terrible quarterback decisions. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see Cam Newton go there. Uh you know, and, and he's another guy. John Elway could be on the hot seat, you know. He's a guy who has had terrible luck with quarterbacks other than Peyton Manning. And, uh, you know, those don't just fall in the sky every day. Uh, you know, and Cam's uh, going to make a lot of money, and his health would be a, a huge issue to me. He's going to have surgery again, uh, you know. And it's not just the, the foot or the toe that would bother me at this point. We saw with Andrew Luck, recurring from shoulder surgery on your throwing arm when you're a quarterback, not the easiest thing in the world to do. So, uh, Cam will be somewhere because he's a superstar, but it will never be in Indianapolis because, A, the Colts don't pay that kind of money for free agents, and, B, they wouldn't do it with this history. Uh, the Colts' quarterback situation, I think, has to change by next year. Not saying that Jacoby Brissett uh, won't be the starter, but you can't go into the season next year with the quarterback situation as it stands right now because we saw when Brissett wasn't playing uh, how terrible things were for the Colts. The Colts have to add, obviously, I think some veteran weapons uh, around him. Uh, their wide receiver position, they re-signed Jack Doyle to a three-year contract, which was good. Eric Ebron's as good as gone. So it, there's a lot of issues when it comes to quarterback, but Cam Newton, I don't think, lands uh, any chance in Indianapolis. You know, there was a lot of conspiracy theories about uh, just because the Colts haven't always been honest and transparent about uh, air quotes. Uh, uh, Adam Vinatieri actually being injured, and they're just maybe using this as a way to to uh, quietly um, move on from him. Kent Sterling thinks that, that he is injured and that he had the MRI, but either which way, whether he's injured or he's not injured, we've seen the 
I think, and maybe you disagree, but I think we've seen the last of Adam Benintieri in a Colts uniform. Yeah, I just I hope he gets a chance to kick one more. He'd be the only uh, the only person in history to have uh, uh, 700 uh, field goals made, which I think would be cool. He's at 699 right now. Uh, I agree. I think he's done. It's sad that he's going out like this. If it's a legit injury, and he could prove that he could kick again, that might be different. But I, I think he's had enough. And you know, sooner or later, like uh, you know, with Pat McAfee, you just get tired of getting those uh, those uh, surgeries done. So I hope he at least gets a chance to kick one more field goal. It might be in a meaningless game at the end of the season because uh, the coach playoff hopes are as good as done unless they win out. I think. Uh, so hopefully he gets to kick one more. But, yeah, I don't think you see number four in a uniform anywhere ever again. Well, I don't know if they have to win out, but they have to get real close to it. That's for sure. And uh, that was a disappointing loss to the Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars last week. Mo from the BS Sports Show, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, have you changed the location of your work at Masterpieces, sir? <laughs> no, I think Twitter would like me to, but, no, I'm still at Mo Radio Show. All right, buddy. You have yourself a good weekend. Thanks for jumping on with us. All right, man, you too. All right. Mo from the BS Sports Show. Um, Mo from the BS Sports Show joins us and talks with us a little bit about uh, uh, the coaching hot seats and, and the uh, college football championship weekend. My name is Tom Marquisell, Presidente. Thank you for joining us. It's been great. It's been real. Make sure we do this thing called The Balance every Saturday morning between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And it's live, so you get what you get. And some shows are better than others, but hey, you know, we love it. And follow us on Twitter, on the Twitterverse, at T-Balance, and on Facebook. Uh, just search The Balance and hit hit follow. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, thanks uh, for giving us a listen. Download and subscribe, and uh, give us a star, uh, if you will, a four-star on that. Uh, it shows us how, how awesome that we are. My name is Scott Marcos El Presidente. Have a good college football championship weekend. We'll see where everybody ends up in the bowls, and, and uh, we'll have everything posted up on social media the best we can. Have yourself a good weekend. Remember, don't drink and drive. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.